This week on Prepping 2.0. This is a Prepping 2.0 Encore presentation. Episode 92, all about water. How to get it, treat it, and store it. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher, and I am caffeinated. This is Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host in this show and in life, Glenn Tate. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, good morning. This is going to be... A great show because we were joking about this this morning. So we think that water treatment, water preps, water storage, water, the topic of water is probably the, it isn't probably, it is the number one most important physical prep you can do. Of course, the most important prep we covered in episode 90, which was spiritual warfare. And of course, being right with God is the most important prep. So that's why we say the most important physical prep is water. And what's funny about this is here we are in episode 92 and we're just now getting around to the most important well, and, prep. And I will add this. No, I have the outline in front of us. This is water preps 2.0. Yeah. This I mean, is, this isn't just have a jug of water in your basement. This is very dynamic and very multi-level here. I would say that this is probably uh, the first episode I can think of that we've actually researched. I mean, most of it we just freestyle because we've lived it for 10 years. But mm-hmm. this one required actual research. It also required a trip out to the garage to look at our stuff to get some brand names that we're going to give you guys. Um, so yeah, this, this is a, a big topic, but we make it easy for people. And you mentioned an outline. I'll say this about the outline. If you're a Patreon and we hope you are a Patreon supporter, um, you just send me a Patreon message via the Patreon app or desktop or whatever it is. And I will send you the 16 page outline for this show in a word Format So that's how you can get the detailed outline. It's got links to a couple things like some previous episodes. Well, and here's the thing. We've had to almost start doing this because when we've done the whiteboard and put it up, yeah, I mean, it's, too much. It, we, it, this is, we are beyond that now. <laughs> we are growing. So. Yeah. And you, you hit on this and I want to amplify this. This is a definite prepping 2.0 topic, a 2.0er topic, because this is the intermediate level of prepping. We always say, Prepping 2.0, the, the the advanced version is topics that go beyond having an AR-15 and some cans of beans. And we always say, for example, water and community and night vision and comms. But water is always the thing that rises to the top because it is so important. You know, and this is a great episode to share with either new preppers or if you are a new prepper, um, welcome, by the way. Yeah. Just because we're prepping 2.0 doesn't mean... Prepping 1.0ers are not welcome. You're more than welcome. And we're giving you the crash course to become a 2.0er. But it's a great episode to share with people who are maybe on the fence. And the reason is water preps are, number one, undeniably important. You don't need to, you know, follow the news or know all the details about the communist insurgency uh, in America to know that you get thirsty. So everybody knows how important water is. And the second great thing about persuading people to prep via the water topic is that water preps uh, for the most part are really inexpensive take up no space and don't require refrigeration so it's easy to do if if you know that first step is something that'll be easy to do with water preps and you have something you want to say well I'm not sure. I'm following the outline here. I'm not sure where you jumped on the outline there, <laughs> sir. But um, one, well, let's just get into our introductory stuff that yeah. we always go through. First of all, we always like to do the top 100 of things that disappear in a collapse. And you can find that list on our website, prepping2-0.com on the lower right-hand page. Um, of, of the page, I should say, there's a link to it. And we are number 74. Eventually, we'll get to 100 and we'll have to find another list. But just so happens fortuitously number 74 is hand pumps and siphons for water what and fuel you'll need it for fuel but that's another episode don't mix those you two. need to be able to pump water when there's no electricity to pump water that's a big deal and when i yeah go ahead yeah and and this is not expensive you're going to hear that over and over again totally. in, this, in this episode 
Go to Harbor Freight. Yes, everything's made in China, but get over it. Everything's made in China. Go to Harbor Freight. A side story about Harbor Freight. I'm going to embarrass Shelby. There are men's restrooms at Harbor Freight. Of course, almost everybody that goes to Harbor Freight is a man. And then there's women's restrooms. And that's for me. At Harbor Freight. And we figured out why they have women's restrooms at Harbor Freight. Because of Shelby. Yeah. Yes, they, yeah, they, they put it there for me. It's all about me. She'll spend more time in Harbor Freight than I will. And yes. she goes up and down the aisle. And I'm telling you guys, yes, I'm bragging. That's that's a wonderful woman right there. But um, these hand pumps and even these battery powered little transfer pumps, they call them, are like $9. And you can't beat it. Get a couple hand pumps. They're about six bucks. Get a couple of the battery powered ones. They run on two D cells. And you're going to save yourself so much time and energy. Oh, and, and, and a wrenched out shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to contaminate water by having dirty, nasty hoses and all kinds of other things. You know, there's a lot to this water prep system. And when I say there's a lot to it, there's just a few items. But those few items are really key. There's not a lot of optional stuff we're going to talk about well, and, today. And so you're going to get ahead of ourselves. So Yes. So then yes, lurkers, lurkers come out of the shadows, and by lurkers I mean the thousands. We're up to four hundred fifty thousand downloads, by the way. Thousands of you out there who listen to the regular show and you lurk and you don't become patrons because you're like uh, two dollars a month is uh, too much money for me, or I'm scared of Patreon or whatever it may be. So you lurk and you miss out on all the cool stuff. I'd like to mention we're going to have Patreon's questions and comments about the water topic in the after show. Mm -hmm. So come out of the shadows. Um, several hundred of your friends and fellow preppers have become Patreons and it's not scary. You don't you don't need to accept the mark of the beast to become a patron. There's there's a that's plus a plus. number one. That's that is a, good a plus. One. Nowadays, yes. that's actually a consideration. Yes. And so become a patron. Get the after show. Get all the stuff. Get the. The detailed 16 page outlines, if you want them. I mean, it's worth it's worth a lot. And it's a couple bucks a month, up to 20 bucks a month. So just come out of the shadows. Well, and then what, and I, we've been joking about it recently, but it's so true. When you become a patron, you become the steering committee. Yeah. You become kind of this this. Remember, remember those old uh, cell phone commercials where it's like, you know, I'm this, the person represents a cell phone company, but I have my network and you have these thousands of people standing oh, around. Yeah. You With guys, hard hats you guys, on. exactly. You guys are our network. You're the ones that give us great ideas. You're the ones that add just an extra flavor, an extra color to the spectrum. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they bring to this topic because yeah. water preps is so big. And I really like our outline today because I think we boiled down an incredibly Did huge. Did you say boil down? Boil down. That's kind of funny. That's a way to, you, anyway. Um, this topic into very concise categories and ways to manage how to prep for, you know, water preparation. I remember I was on a radio show recently and somebody asked me, so like, how do you prep for water? I mean, what if you have a swimming pool? And I'm like, okay, that oh, that's like 10% <laughs> of the population in, in or Arizona has that, but that's not us here in Washington, right? It's just, it gets so complex. I love it. We our, cover swimming pools. We actually. are. So the next thing that's cool, and this is Patreon related, is we have new merch up. Yes. New merch on our website. So if you go to prepping2-0.com and click on shop, you will see new merch. It's so cool. And what I want to say is this, is that if you are a Patreon, you have had access to this merch. One, you've you've gotten some of it in your goodie bag. Yep. Two, you've had access to ordering it now for several days. Yep. And now our supporters who subscribe to our email list, they've had access to it. Mm -hmm. Now the general public does. And, yep. I, and I'm a little afraid. <laughs> we're going to run out of stuff. You know, we're going to run out of stuff. So if we run out of stuff, we run out of stuff. Some of the stuff we're going to let run out and we're not going to replenish. Some stuff we're going to resupply. So don't, if you hear this and you like our merch, go, don't hesitate. But it's been so much fun this summer with merchandise. We've had a lot of fun oh, because... Yeah. The political landscape, that just our, the landscape of the United States right now makes merchandise like this a lot of fun. You know, I was getting my car serviced yesterday and I went to the place and one of the people working there saw my face mask, which says, I miss America, came up to me and said, oh my goodness, my dad would totally want one of those. First of all, that makes me feel old, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, so these things are going like hotcakes, especially the face mask. You have to wear a face mask. Deal with it. You At least it can say what you believe, which is I miss America. And I guarantee you, every time you wear that out in public, at least one person will look at you, give you a thumbs up or say, right on. That's the way I feel. And, and here's what we're 
our thoughts on masks are yes, they they really are kind of they're they're virtue ineffective. Sig- ineffective virtue sig- signaling. I Freedom get that, sucks. but if there are times when we really 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 want to go to Costco, yeah. So if you must do it, put them. You know, it's when you're walking around with a forced face mask on and it says "I miss America" on it. It kind of says basically what we wanted to say, and that's "I miss America" when I could walk through Costco without a face mask, right? Exactly. You're gonna love it, and it's it's not a lot of money, and you probably gotta have one anyway. Sponsors, we'll just click off our four sponsors. That would be EMP Shield. That would be New Mana, which is long-term freeze-dried big portion food. Katie Armor, C-A-T-I Armor, which stands for Come and Take It Body Armor, Steel Body Armor. And finally, Backwoods Home Magazine, which is a great magazine. And everything about them is on our site, prepping2-0.com. The friends and affiliates page will tell you more about the folks we just mentioned. And the merch page, I should mention, is also prepping2-0.com slash shop. Well, and going back to friends and affiliates, when you go to our website over there, there's the coupon codes. There's the extra little goodies that you get for shopping by clicking through our website. So yeah, there you go. Those are those are good things. So let's let's hit. Yes, this. let's dive into the topic or the toe pick, as they used to say on Gun Dudes. So the water water part, we've boiled it down <laughs> to four parts. Importance. It's important. Acquisition. How to get it. Treatment and storage. So go right, jump right in there, Mr. Tate. Yeah, I thought we'd start with importance because if if you somehow don't know why having fresh, clean drinking water is important, um, we're going to tell you. And so I want to set the stage with the scenario because actually the scenario shows you why this is important to have. Um, we all have normalcy bias. We covered that a lot in uh, episode 91 and episode 2. And we all think, including Shelby and I, like when the water went out because of a electrical outage, we would just turn the spigots on and be surprised that water didn't come out. So anyway, and actually we would be like, dang it, I knew that. I I knew that. And I still turned the faucet bug on it. I know this. (laughs) So here's the scenario. There is no electricity or intermittent electricity. There's no security for the sites that treat water. And that could be a giant municipal water treatment plant, or it could be a small a community water system that serves, say, 30 people or something from a well. So there's no electricity. There's no security of the sites, uh, which means people can break in and do things and steal water or control the water. We'll talk more about that. Like gangs have a very specific plan to control water uh, production and distribution facilities or the pipes could be compromised. It could be blown up. I mean, there could be a war going on in one side or another could be blowing up a, a water a facility or water distribution stuff. So it's not well, going to be Well, think about just an EMP that takes out the electrical grid. That makes it so yep. that water is inaccessible. Yep, exactly. Oh, that's the thing. If, if there's ever an electrical disruption on a big scale, we're all going to learn about how that water got to us with electricity. And we never we never really thought so. So here's another idea I came up with, and it's that you need a water boy. And that's somebody on your team who is in charge of water. They may have other duties, but water is so important that I think you need somebody whose job it is to procure, treat, and disperse water. And so now we're gonna go to a video clip from the fabulous movie, The Water Boy. This is Bobby Boucher explaining to us about high quality H2O. It's clean, it's cold. And that's what I call high quality H2O. So, yeah. so awesome right there. <laughs> that's one of our some favorite clips. Some high quality clips. H2O. Well, some high quality H2O. So, uh, great video. Are you, I just, I'm laughing at you because you said a video clip for radio. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, man. It's a video <laughs> clip where we're harvesting the audio. Yes, yeah, sorry. But I'm like, that was funny. So, water obviously is needed for drinking. It's incredibly important. And not even that high quality water that's not tainted, does not have any sort of bacteria or anything that is bad for you um on a on a average day when everything is going well an average human being needs one and a half gallons of a day bare minimum of water in other words most of us are not drinking what we need to drink every day because it keep, being hydrated means that your brain is functioning well your body's functioning well and yes your kidneys are functioning well which is what you want to so um, on a hot weather day, and, and I find this, I, I run into this every summer where I run into hydration issues because I forget hot weather. You need two and a half to, you don't need double that, two and a half to three gallons 
a day in hot water, in hot weather, excuse me. Hot water. Yeah, in hot Don't drink hot water no. in hot weather. Uh-uh. No. Don't drink hot water in general. Nope. Um, but because you're sweating it away, you're you're exerting, you you double your need for it. And um, you can get yourself in real trouble real fast if you don't pay attention to that and stay hydrated. Yeah, and during peacetime, uh, an, a household in America uses about 150 gallons of water a day. And this is, of course, optimal conditions, showers and lawn irrigation. So when they're planning out how much water, say, a subdivision will use, they multiply the number of housing units by 150 gallons. That should give you an idea of what sort of the top end is. So I guess you could say you're going to need between 1.5 and 150 gallons a day this drives everything how much water storage you have how much ability you have to transport water that you acquire elsewhere all of it depends on how much water you're using and like ammunition and food and medical supplies and everything else you're going to end up needing far more than you ever thought so understand that we're talking about a lot of water that you need to have on hand at any given time and uh, do the math and do accordingly. You know, death from thirst is a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, it takes about three days if you don't. It depends on the weather and the temperature. If you don't have any water, it's awful. Your body just destroys itself. It's writhing, awful pain. And if you could have spent a few dollars on some water treatment pills or better yet, filters and those sorts of things, you're going to have some answering to do to God and you're going to have nightmares about loved ones or others, you know, little kids that you could have saved, but you were too busy with the Netflix and you spent a lot of money on cigars and gourmet coffee and all of that other stuff. You the stakes are high and this is the best prepping topic because the stakes are enormously high and the cost to deal with this is enormously low and you're never going to find that Delta uh, in any other topic. So you got to take this really, really seriously. So it's keep, and I'm just going to keep this going first. Yes, you don't want to, first of all, you don't want to die from thirst, but no. then you, those in your family and nearby that you love the most, you don't want to watch that happen. So spend those extra couple bucks. Also think about what, what how much water is required for cooking, cleaning, clo and when I say cleaning, it means utensils that you're eating with there's got to keep those clean and clothes, keeping bacteria and, and gross things off of you because that's a secondary. When you don't have good water, then cleanliness becomes a factor secondarily. And medical, when you have a wound or something and you need to clean it, you need to use clean water, clean, clean, clean. Um, next is, and I was just thinking about this because you're all hearing. Because you're hearing the chickens. You're hearing the chickens in the background. Um, because it's one of those days where they're going to join us on the show. You need to be able, I need to be able to give them water. I They use about, between all of them, about, I'd say a gallon a day. 14 on a, of them. On a day like today that's going to be really warm, they're going to use about a gallon. Now, the cool thing about um, water for livestock is within the bounds of reasonableness, they don't need perfectly clean no. water. If you knew some of the stuff chickens ate, you'd be like, well, I'm pretty sure they don't need ultra clean water. Right. So I, I, we call that gray water. Um, livestock, again, it can't be full of, you know, Girardia or something like that, which is a terrible bacteria, but um, it, it can be a little bit more dirty. And of course, irrigating crops, that's a factor. Right. And that, that water does not need to be drinkable by any means. In fact, if it has a little bit of, shall we say, nutrients in it, it might actually be better. Well, and, and we all have animals, pets, livestock that we're like, all right, I'm providing you clean water and you're going to drink out of a puddle. Okay, fine. There are dogs that drink out of toilets and what, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, okay, what? So that's a good example. Gray water. They are like drinking it anyway. It's okay if they drink, you know, muddy water that you've managed to procure for them. It's okay. Yeah, and I, I consider the water prep topic to be a prepper gateway drug. And here's what I mean by that. My very first prep over 10 years ago was a Snapple bottle, a plastic clear Snapple bottle. And I looked at it. I remember it and I still have it, by the way. I've kept it. It's going to go in the Prepping 2.0 Museum that'll be on the, the some probably in the Smithsonian. Smithsonian, probably. I'm sure. I'm sure. The Radio Broadcasting Hall of Fame probably will be there, too. Right up there with, They're I don't gonna know. They're going to have to fight over the Snapple bottle. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be ugly. But, I no, it's, it's important because it was this one simple little thing, that first step. And I knew that if I filled that with water, I could, if I needed to, depending on the weather conditions, maybe put it in the sun. And that might partially treat it with UV rays, although that's risky. I later found out 
Um, I could use that to store water, to put some water treatment pills in. It's a great gateway drug, the water preps. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier, I, I focus a lot on water treatment pills and um, Shelby correctly notes that they're not the be all and end all. We'll talk about that later, but mm -hmm. water treatment pills are incredibly cheap take up no space and no refrigeration as i said it's the easiest thing in the world to get started with with prepping and it's the most inexpensive i think and shelby agrees or she'll tell me she doesn't but i think she does prioritize water preps above all other physical preps i say it a million times you don't need that seventh ar-15 the amount of money that an ar and optics and all of that costs if you put it into water treatment you and about 10 to 15 of your closest friends could be set. And that is way more important. So you need to prioritize this. It's the least interesting and it's the thing we take for granted the most. And that's why it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. I don't know. And that might be reflected in the fact that we're on episode 92 and we're talking about it for the first time. So it's a great way to persuade people, as I mentioned, about who might be on the fence um, about becoming a prepper and because it's so easy and it's so just undeniably well, important. And let me jump in here. I mean, think about all the times that whatever the Red Cross, the government says, have a three day supply in case there's a hurricane or in case of a natural disaster. They always include in there water or water treatment. I remember years and years ago when I lived in a big city and we had a boil order. And it was like, oh my gosh. And everybody bought out, you know, we've seen that happen before. And everyone buys out all the water, no no more bottled water. And then you can buy, and then at that time, I was able to go to Costco and find a really cool filter. These are all things that it's easy to convince that non-prepper, look, we're supposed to do this. It's part the of- The government a, said It's so. part of emergency preparedness, that three-day water, it's, it's a gateway to have that conversation. Yeah, and if you're new to prepping, start with water. And if you've- you know, been prepping for a while, beef up your water. Exactly. And we have a couple more minutes in this segment. I wanted to mention this and it almost slipped my mind until it didn't. And then I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> that is winter. You know, here it is. It's July. It's August, actually. It's August and we're recording this show. And it's very easy to think about water. I looked out at the grass and it's all brown and I thought about water. Remember in the winter, you need water also. And here's the thing about water. Factor this into everything we're about to say. If things are frozen, um, it's going to affect, you know, storing water and moving water and all of that. So think about that. Yes. Well, and it will, freezing temperatures affect your, what you just said, your ability to acquire it, but also depending on the climate, it'll make it easier to harvest it too. Yeah, it could be snow, so, could be ice. Could be snow, could, could be ice, could be all that. So just, it, you, it's very seasonal. Think about that as you go through seasonal things. And so an accessory, and we only have like 30 seconds here, but I wanna kinda just squeak this in. Accessory to water preps, just because there can be those little microorganisms, antibacterial, I'm sorry, antidiarrheal pills, just in case you have some sort of reaction to some sort of bug that's in the water, that typically is what happens is you then have to go use the restroom an awful lot. And you can ironically dehydrate yourself exactly. from the diarrhea. And just a couple more seconds and I'll stay this, get extra of everything we're talking about mm -hmm. for charitable purposes and for handing out to people that you want to buy their friendship and make them allies so they provide you intelligence and fighters and they trade you and you guys live uh, you're more likely to live because there's more of you working together. Get extra of everything we're so talking about. We're going to take a quick break. We got so much more to talk about. Stay tuned. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One Water Filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 All-in-One Gravity Systems are NSF ANSI 42 Component Certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One Stainless Gravity Systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One Water Filter Gravity Systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E. USA.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. 
Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for Come and Take It, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. And now, part two of a Prepping 2.0 Encore presentation. Episode 92, all about water, how to get it, treat it, and store it. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher. We are going to just plow right into our second part's next topic. Subpart. Acquisition of water. And so we're talking about getting the physical water, not treated water, but getting water. This is just whether you get it from a lake, a stream, a puddle, whatever. Water will need to be treated unless it's from a well you know is good. Yep, and that's the big end. Now, if you live out in a rural area and you use a well all the time and you know it's good, then some of this stuff doesn't apply to you. But by the way, you better have electricity for it or a hand pump. So the vast majority of people will not have a well. They will not know it's okay. So the vast majority of people will need to treat water in one of the ways we're going to talk about. And so let me say this too. As we talk about this, I'm going to put a little caveat in here and jump off our little outline here, Mr. Tate. It's quite all right. Water acquisition, whether it be by rain or collecting rain or there's legalities in every state over this. So please know your legalities. I just did a show on KHNC recently with Glenn Biddle about we were talking that KHNC uh, audiences in Arizona. You can harvest rainwater. Colorado and Arizona, but Arizona at the time. Yeah, that's true. You can harvest rainwater. In Washington State and Oregon State, where we live, you cannot. That's illegal. Isn't that crazy? It is, and it only affects your peacetime planning. If you've got a big water system that involves harvesting rainwater, then the legality is an issue. Obviously, in a collapse... That'll be one of the last laws that gets enforced. But still, you need to think about it now. Just think about that now. So just let me throw, I just want to throw that out there. But 
next on our list is stored water. In other words, if you start storing up, you know, cisterns or bottled water. Cases of, yeah, cases Costco of water, bottled water. They might get you through a short collapse or one where there's just, you know, sometimes the well works, sometimes it doesn't. But don't count on that stored water because it's finite. And yeah. You, and... To top that off, you cannot store enough water for a long-term collapse. You cannot. You need to somehow top that off. So you need to think about where you're going to acquire it after, of above and beyond what you have stored. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you don't store up, say, we'll, we'll focus on the easiest thing and the thing that most people think of, cases of Costco or Sam's Club or whatever, bottled water. Do all that. Yes. Do all that. And we talk about that more in some detail later. So do that. And have a long-term solution and have a medium-term solution. Shelby, this sounds like layering. It does. And, and let me add this too. Think about ways to reuse water. Like yeah. after I've, let's just say, you use water, stored water to wash dishes. It's it's soapy. It's gross. It's got food particles in it. Give it to the chickens. Feed, yeah. feed the garden. Feeds, you know, don't just let it be runoff. As much as you can, recycle your own water. Yeah, and now we're going to talk about sources of water. And one thing to think about before you even start thinking about that topic is security. And the reason for that is the places you go to physically acquire water or when you're transporting it back to where it needs to be, um, there are going to be other people who want that water really, really badly. Think about um, all the, you know, the whatever the documentaries about the African, you know, wildlife and everything. How many, how many times do all the gazelles go to the watering hole and there are the lions there to harvest them? So oh, yeah. the watering hole is a death trap and you need to understand there's a security element to everything we're talking when it talks, when we talk about sources of water. You know, we had a, here's another very specific, not an African uh, safari thing, but an actual real life America reality thing. We had Officer Mack on and that was episode 34, a link to it in the show notes. And he talked about conversations he's had with serious gang dudes who lead gangs. This is no BS stuff. And he said that they have told him that their plan, when the collapse starts, they've already planned this ahead. They're going to control water um, uh, treatment areas or facilities, and they're going to control water distribution, and they're going to sell it to you. And you can only imagine what some of those prices are, and you don't want to be in that situation. We don't want to be, you do not want to be beholden to a gang. You just don't. So, and this is a great opportunity for your mutual assistant group or team to seize hold of those areas and hold on to them so that they don't get into the hands of nefarious Yeah, exactly. You need to be in control. Oh, my goodness. We need you just said that we need to seize stuff and control it. That sounds super mean. Yes, I did. And it's not mean. It's called surviving because if you're listening to this, you're a good person. Odds are. And you can seize and hold the water for your own purposes and your own purposes are taking care of your people and charity. I mean, is it better to have, you know, a motorcycle gang controlling the the water in your area or is it better for you and your dudes controlling it? Well, and yeah, and we know this people who whether it be gangs, whether it be out, you know, terrorists outside the United States, whether it be honestly China, who's made it very clear that they are engaged in a people's war on us. We had that conversation with Trevor Loudon. One of those a key method of warfare is to take out infrastructure. Part yep. of infrastructure is water and electricity. When you take out electricity here in the United States, you've taken out water. This we're not we're we shouldn't have to defend this sadly, but we have to. <laughs> this will be an issue when when things get really hot. I'm just saying. Yeah, and when you control the water and uh, some bad guy doesn't, you are able to not only be charitable, but you're able to, and I mention this all the time, and people think I'm kidding, you will get allies. Well, that this is-, is a serious deal. You'll get auxiliary people, you'll get, you'll get fighters on your side, you will get all kinds. Not only will you be helping people, you'll be strengthening your your tribe, your group. Well, and strengthening the the ability to get to restoration faster yeah. instead of having to try to, it takes out the step of having to seize it back from the bad guys, right? That's right. It certainly does. Well, municipal water supply. So I'm assuming almost everybody listening to us, you know, is on a city or a county or some kind of like regular, you know, municipal water service. And here's the thing. Um, the thing about partial collapses, and we believe that collapses are usually partial and not total. I mean, the meteor strike to the earth is kind of the total collapse or nuclear war or something. 
Well, municipal water supplies might be on intermittently and you should take advantage of that. Part of your water plan should include the idea that for goodness sakes, water actually comes out of the tap and it's actually drinkable. Take advantage of it. So fill, that's a thing. Fill up the bottles, fill up the cisterns, fill up the, you know, fill up, fill up, fill up. Ask people who live in the Middle East. That's very common yeah. where they where their utilities are very, very intermittent and they have to plan their entire day around that, that schedule. And welcome to the chickens again who yep. agree with me. We love you chickens. The other thing about municipal water supplies is even if there isn't one where you live, there might be one in the next town over and you should factor that in too you should this is why we're going to get into transporting water and storing water because that's a thing you know and and i think you should assume that the water after a collapse is is untreated and i made this number up I, this is not scientific after maybe a week or something assume it's untreated because if they don't have all the the chemicals that they use and all the the machinery that they use to treat it it could start getting bad what's shelby what's a great way to test whether the water's any good or not for human consumption well, on those gangs that you've kind of taken prisoner <laughs> have them take a sip and see what happened give them about 24 hours to see what happens test it they out may on... not die right away yeah they're, they're probably not actually what's going to happen is they're going to get they're going to have some gastrointestinal issues just yep. test it out on them the other thing what we're talking about right here in particular municipal supply of water this applies to natural disasters yeah when we have hurricanes when we have tornadoes when we have a breach or a stop of some kind i think about hurricane i think it was maria in houston the devastating one a few years ago standing water everywhere but people are dying of thirst yep because of the the tons of untreated water literally everywhere and then the bugs and bacteria that grew in it so yeah exactly exactly well here's another source of water and it's what i call store-bought water and this would be anything in a grocery store the one gallon jugs the two and three and maybe even up to five gallon kind of square ones that are in supermarkets with the little spigot. Well, then there's the like the big kind of like industrial ones that you can get at like uh, like uh, uh, livestock supplies where it's yeah. big. Those are those aren't just for cows, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's more storage. We're going to yes. get into that. But OK, so, so the two gallon ones, let's just focus yes. on the I, I shouldn't focus on two gallon, the one gallon ones um, that you get. They're pretty fragile. I mean, if you drop one of those it's going to open up. They're not made for this. They're made for, I don't know what they're made well, for. Well, they're made to like sit on a countertop and, and dispense from the little spigot that's on them. Exactly. And of course you have to keep these things out of the light because light hitting the water, there's still teeny weeny little bits of bacteria in there that are okay levels for drinking. But if they sit out in the sun, they're going to duplicate, replicate, and it's going to become a problem. And you need to rotate store-bought water of course. And then there's everybody's favorite, including ours, which would be bottled water like the Costco cases. Shelby, what is a, a case which is 40 half liter things? So 20 liters of water at Costco costs right now. What's well, about $2.50? Yeah. In, incredibly inexpensive. And you can stack them. I've never tried this. I'm, this is Glenn Tate's guess. So quiz time to our fans. Set. Yeah. How stackable do you think they are? I think you could probably go 10 cases high before you'd start to crush the bottom one. The point is, is that they're very stackable, very storable. They too must be kept out of light. It's good to rotate them, but the, uh, the, they don't really expire and they don't really taste bad. I've had water bottles that have been and by the Costco water bottles. I should be more specific been in my truck, you know, where it gets hot and it gets cold and stuff. I've had them in there for several years and I tried one and it was just fine. So, I mean, well, and yeah, they, they should be okay. I think actually this is, this is, I'm going to throw in a bet here. I think they're stackable to five or six high. The reason why is I've been in the cabin yeah. that you talk about in your books and where you stacked water. Yeah. I think it's about five or six high. And what happened was, is after the course of several years, the ones on the bottom, because the plastic starts to degrade and yeah. cracks. And I've walked into the basement oh, of yeah. the cabin where there's standing water because a couple of them punctured. So, and, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that. that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's another reason to rotate them is because the yeah, plastic gets yeah. weak. And then when you stack them, definitely rotate them based on a true story. That's but, right. Yeah, but the, they're still good. There's still several cases there still yeah. that are good. They're going to stay there, too. One of the things uh, about water bottles from the Costco kind um, and, of course, Sam's Club and everywhere else is the same thing. They're very handy. 
and they're very transportable and you can, they're good for vehicles. You can throw them in your vehicle. And here's the cool thing. You know them to be clean water. As long as that, that lid or bottle cap or whatever is, you know, is sealed, you can know that you can know that it's clean water. And if you're giving it someone else, they can know it's clean water. And if you're bartering with it, it is a known quantity in the sense of being clean water. So those are some big advantages for um, we'll call like Costco cases of water. Plus, oh, and keep the empty bottles in the lids. I know we're all used to crushing them down to like take up less space in landfills. Uh, Don't do that with these um, going forward because they're going to be incredibly handy storage and transportation containers, which we're going to talk about in detail in a few minutes. So the next one is, and I have a lot of experience in this, and I talk about this in my books too, creeks, rivers, and lakes. Know where they are in your area and know how their flow is. Do they flow only in the summer or only in the spring and fall, during snowfall or weather times? Know this. And know this, they are not, don't ever assume that even though, especially, I think, again, I grew up in Colorado. When you're looking at this crystal clear creek that is super cold water, it's got to be clean. No, it's not. There's (laughs) going to be Jardia in it every time you need to treat it. But you are what... I would rather purify that water than a dirty puddle. (laughs) So know where they are, know how they flow, because it can be a source of water, whether it be all year or a certain time of year. We know in our area exactly where those are. We know how close they are, because then we have to think about probably some transportation. So um, the other thing is rain barrels. Yeah, and here's the thing about rain barrels. I guess they work, and we have one. We, we haven't hooked it up. I know everyone's like, oh my goodness, Glenn and Shelby are the ultimate preppers and they haven't even got rain barrels going. Uh, nope, I, they work well. Um, we live in Western Washington, so there's a fair amount of rain. I guess they're great, but see, it's one part of all of this. That's why we talk about layering. You know, that's why we talk about seasonal water flows because maybe in the summer, this creek doesn't flow have rain barrels and, and do creeks and lakes and do all these do all these things together well, because cumulatively you might have enough water. Here's the thing though. We have a rain barrel that is meant for gardening. And I did a little yeah. little video on this. It is this huge, huge, huge rain barrel that has an overflow 12 inches off the ground. It's an absolute waste of space. It's meant for, you know, some gardener out there. So I, I think it was more of like aesthetic. I think I it think, was yes, more like somebody, the, the people who built this house watched a Martha Stewart episode and they go, wow, that's really cool. And they went and they did it because it's not terribly functional. That being said, there are very, very functional yes. ones. Um, and they're, they're specialized garden stores and they have the, the spigot on the bottom and they have all the stuff. Another thing about all this water stuff, I guess it goes without saying, don't cheap out. Nope. I don't get like that bargain rain barrel, you know, that doesn't have a spigot and then, you know, it creates all these problems. Well, and make sure it's, Again, and our part of the country, they're hard to find because of legalities, but try to find those that that um, are for store, well, rain barrel for storing gray water for potential human use, not for garden use, because they will have, again, an overflow that doesn't allow the barrel to fill up. That's my experience on that. So that being said, there's other ways to, there's, you don't need a rain barrel to store water from the rain. You can find other yeah. um, uh, vessels that will do that, um, which I think is interesting. It's an, it's an interesting concept. We're limited here because I can't get the resources to try it out here. So yes, we have a rain barrel that's meant for gardening. Right now it feeds the chickens and it does that yep. job. And here's the thing, very seasonal. Right now in Western Washington, no rain. It's, there's not a whole lot of rain right now. Now ask me this question in December. I'll give you, I'll give you some more data. And you know, <laughs> And there are a lot of parts of the country, I'm thinking of Florida, for example, maybe Louisiana, where it rains all the time for like 20 minutes. And so you have some rain most days and that would be really good setup for there. Well, and I, let me add to that. In Colorado, Arizona, places like that, ever in the summer, about two o'clock every afternoon, it's, you have this 20 minute down. Oops, as I hit the lamp above me, you have this 20 minute downpour. And then that's your chance to collect rain. So yep. in Arizona, I know a big use way to do that is with a basically a rain collecting roof. This roof, all it is is on the ground, this roof that collects water and uses a gutter and goes right into a cistern. Some really cool YouTube stuff out there on that. So we haven't really gone into that in our own preps. We haven't, but there are awesome resources out there for how to collect rain and store it. We just haven't done it. Swimming pools, speaking of Arizona, yes. uh, a fraction of a percent of you listening may have a swimming pool. 
Um, they're a thing. Uh, the water is pre-chlorinated. Of course, you have to get some of that stuff out and you still have to filter it. We'll talk about that in a moment because swimming pool water is disgusting. Um, I, I guess it exists and it's one of those cool things. I think it's one of those things, one of those horse shack moments where like someone doing a prepping video will like raise their hand and say, oh, 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 I know the answer. Swimming pools. And it seems really brilliant. I don't know how practical it is. I've not heard of any prepper saying, yes, I have a swimming pool to store water. Yeah. I don't have, I don't know of anyone who does that, but it is a source of water in a collapse. Okay. But you just need to think through how you're going to filter out the chlorine. It's also, think of it as um, if you can get a, a decent filter to filter out the the chlorine just enough so that you have gray water. So you have enough to clean, enough yeah. to sanitize, enough to flush toilets, things like that. Here's the thing. I know where we live, we're, we're on a well. And the well, the people who operate the well. It's a group well, it's which a group is an well. important fact. It is. It's chlorinated by that, that the people who dispense the it. Treatment facility, We yes. have a filter to get that chlorine out. Otherwise, we Gross. would be, it, it, it tastes like you're drinking swimming water. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So we already have a filter in our water system for that very thing. Not hard to do, but just so you know, these are, it's not just swimming pool water. You get the chlorine. You got to well, get the hot chlorine. Tub. Yeah, the hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, and this is not a huge factor in this big system, is your water heater. If you have a traditional water heater that holds 50 gallons or whatever and then heats it, there's a little spigot at the bottom. I think that would be really rusty, disgusting, gross water. But that's another horse shack prepper thing like, oh, do you know your water heater has water in it? And you, yeah, OK, great. You can use it for something but it's only a few gallons. But we thought we'd mention it. Yeah. And, and it's and it. honestly, if you have, I don't know, you know. Uh, you've heard of people using that hot water heater water, like in a, in one of those three day emergencies, like when there, you know, a tornado takes out infrastructure for a few days or whatever. It is definitely not a long term solution. It will definitely need to be filtered, treated in some way because we, you, you, yeah, because it's been in the tank that has not. Uh, it doesn't been, flow. Really. It doesn't flow really well. Yeah. So a water well. That's yes. the next thing on our list. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Water wells, for the most part, need electricity, and that's been covered previously. Now, we're, when we speak of water wells, we mean like an individual well on an individual property. One of the things is the legality stuff, um, because when we got to our place, I thought, you know, it'd be really great to have a backup well. Unfortunately, being a lawyer doing land use stuff and regulatory stuff, it takes the fun out of life, because <laughs> I know how hard it is to get the permits to do this. And so that that thought came to my mind and a nanosecond later perished because I knew the the multi-year process it would take to get a water well in this state. Um, also, depending on where you are, the cost of a water well could be pretty expensive. Um, yeah. Our neighbor oh uh, had to put a well in. It was is $40 a foot and it went down to, what was it? Several hundred feet. A couple hundred feet. Do the math, you guys. I mean, that's just a tremendous amount of money to do this. The, so that's not true elsewhere. And the reason why is because the community well in our area was, it was maxed out. They, yeah. they didn't have any more. Here's the thing that, and you and I will, you need to really look into this if you want a well and you need to do your due diligence. Government has gotten in the way of people being able to access water. Brian Domkey at Strategic Landscape yeah. Designs knows how to help you navigate that. But government has basically made it very difficult on purpose for people to access wells and yeah. to be able to just drill a well on your property. So just be ready to do that. They need electricity, they or a hand pump, and you need to be able to secure it. And and your tribe, your mutual assistant group needs to be able to secure it for 24/7, especially if others in the in the neighborhood in the area figure out that you have one. Yeah, and and uh, Shelby mentioned um, Brian Domkey at Strategic Landscape Design. That's a website, Strategic Landscape. And Design. he's on our Friends and Affiliates page. Friends and Affiliates page, and also he was our guest twice. He was our guest in episodes 27 and 60. Links in the show notes. Isn't that cool? I love saying that. Links in the show notes. Very cool. So We're trying to up our game. We're trying we to become are. more of a resource for you guys and put links in the show notes. The show notes, by the way, prepping2-0.com. This will be episode 92. Click on that. Bada bing, bada boom. All kinds of links in there. So Very that's good. where to find this and stuff. And if you want up. to find Patreon, same website, that just click on the Patreon symbol. I want to talk about the next one, saltwater. Okay. 90, I mean, it's a crazy amount. 80, 90% of the earth is covered by saltwater, unaccessible water. 72%. 72%. I'm so okay. glad you researched that. No, it's I a did. huge amount. Um, 
technology needs to lean more, and it is, towards desalinization. Because I will tell you this. Um, there's a, I remember watching this. It's, there used to be a show about 10 years ago going, it's called, I Can't Believe I Survived, or I Can't Believe I Lived Through This. And people were caught in really extreme situations. Was that the show about my first marriage? Oh my goodness, no. But I remember watching one of these shows where these people were stranded on a little raft, like in the Florida Keys, and they were just adrift, and it was awful. And they're, and they're in the sun, and they're dying of thirst. They literally are dying of thirst. And some, one of them is like, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty. And he drank the seawater. Bad idea. And he, and he died from it. Yep. And um, and the sharks got him. So yeah. it was awful, awful, Saved awful. Do costs. not drink salt water. Don't drink no. it. It, acts, it does the exact opposite to you. Please do not. You know, in desalinization of salt water, I put on the list because... I guess it exists. This is one of those other like prepper fantasy topics. Like, well, I'll get a $30,000 desalinization machine. Now, I bet somebody's gonna listen to this and put in the comments, they're actually, the desalinization machine is actually much less. It might be true, didn't research it. Our point with this is sort of raise and dismiss this. Yes, there's salt water in some places. Yes, there's desalinization machines. I don't know if they're even remotely effective and cost effective. Look it up yourself. It's a thing, but we don't really we don't really think it's your go to no, <laughs> primary no, no. thing it, it, on this. And it, and it depends on where you live. We live near an ocean. It's a thing. Most people don't. Yeah, there you go. So, and you can also distill uh, salt water and basically heat it up, and the steam that comes off is pure water. You can do that either with traditional heat, I guess, electricity, propane, or wood, which would be, I think, a tremendous waste of of energy resources. Or a solar one where you got a tarp and it's like a field craft thing and it drips fresh water into a thing. That's great. You'll get literally pints a day of water and you need gallons that's a day. The next, that's like when all else has failed, which is why yeah, we're telling you to right. do that's these like, things. That's why we're making fun of it because come on guys, it's prepping 2.0. You can do better than that. You yes. can do better than a tarp and a string and getting four teaspoons of water and that just postpones your death from thirst by about four hours. The other one yeah. is is a, is a makeshift dam. What? Yeah, yeah, and we 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 watch this show, um, Homestead Rescue. We yes. love that show, and they go into a homestead, and these guys from Alaska, and they make everything work. It's really a cool show; gives you a lot of ideas. You could make a dam if you have a creek, and then you know that would pull some of the water behind it. Figure it out yourself if you've got a creek or or something, and you can do that. We just kind of bring it up as a possibility to get you thinking about it. We well, and again, we don't know. watch your local land use laws. In peacetime, I can tell you this, in the state of Washington, that, it's actually a criminal charge um, to, to dam uh, water. So or think to re, about or that. Or to even redirect some of it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, even to let your cows walk through a creek is theoretically a crime. Same with Oregon. It's awful. So we only have like Maybe, a minute. If oh, jeez. So I'm well, going to just wind yes, this down. Please do. We have so much more to talk about. Oh, golly. Please join us in the after show if you are a Patreon. But folks, there's so this is huge and your life depends on it. Let me leave you with our very famous quote from Benjamin Franklin. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Folks, have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.